Hey, everybody. We've got the sounds. We've got the, si- the silence. We don't have any silence. And we're back. And we're black. I'll be white black. Hey, everybody. If you're there, say hi. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? <laughs> Edward Black. Ismael. Oh, look, we've just uh, scared up some new viewers. Call me Ishmael. The winds was a ship that put to sea. The name of the ship was a belly of tea. The winds blew up her bow, dip down below my belly boy's bow. Soon may the weller man come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tongue is done, we'll take a leave and go. Johnny Depth. Was it that? Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We're, we're back. We got to sound. We sound better now, don't we? We've got some bass in our voice. We got some very, very white. Hey, Ismael, how you doing? Um, hello, hello. Everybody shows back. I won't touch anything. I'm not gonna touch anything because it's just twelve frames per second. Look at me. I look like a robot. I'm doing the. Ro- I'm not even doing the. But... Just what do you think you're doing? Uh oh. Okay. My computer just needs a minute. Everything will work out. Uh, hello, Judella. Thank you for saying hello. I appreciate it. If you're lurking, you can always do the lurk indication, and that helps. Does it sound better now? Do we sound better? I'm not going to touch any buttons. I'm not going to touch any buttons. I'm just going to talk to Is that Will? Who goes there? Is that Will? It is I. It's I. Oh, we're hearing things. Beautiful. Well, there are things now. We can say, we sound like we're on the air again. This sounds like a real. Listen, this is listen to my sultry voice now. I've got it EQ'd perfectly. Um, we sound way better, <laughs> don't we? Welcome, Judy. Welcome, Lori. Welcome, Ismael, and Will. Will, you have something to say? You know, nowadays everybody wants to talk like they got something to say, but nothing comes out when they move their lips just a bunch of gibberish. And MFers act like they forgot about Dreyer. But if you don't forget about Dreyer, subscribe. <laughs> you need to make that intro. I should. I that should. should be your. That should be your intro. <laughs> that will be my intro. I'll don't, just play. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> I'll just go er at the end of it. MFers act like they forgot about Dreyer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, as Picard would say, make it so. Make it so. Indeed, indeed. Uh, yes, I got to equalize our voices. So g- give me a check there. Check check your volume there. Check like... one, two, check one, two, one, two, check. Our volumes are comparable. Now go ahead. Now tell us what, lay into us. What do you got? What What's Will thinking? I don't, you said something. I, I wanted to jump in with something funny about something you said, and I have no recollection. So, well, that is so. Uh, tell us <laughs> what um, I'm sure I it was still hilarious. Had the old chats open. Let's see. Let me look at the old chats and see what was happening. Well, ladies and uh, gentlemen, you could do this too at home. You could watch the old episodes, you could download them, you could listen to the podcast, you could do all kinds of stuff. And if you do that, I get a penny. Don't you want to give me a penny? Don't make sure it's heads up, penny, because that's better luck. You were riffing on Wilfred Brimley and diabetes and him always looking old. He was old. <laughs> How old was he in 1984 when he was in the movie Cocoon with Barrett Oliver? something. I guarantee you he was 30-something. Because <laughs> he would die just nah, last he week. He was old. Yeah, he was but old. maybe he was like 90. It, like Betty I guarantee- White was old in the 80s, too. <laughs> Let me ask Siri. How old is Wilfred Brimley? He's dead, though. 85. He was 85, so minus 40, he was 45. Boom! Maybe he was... Uh, no, you know what? <laughs> he looked like he was 900. He had diabetes, though, Nailed the whole time. To the head for me. <laughs> I'll tell you. Um, Is this Wilford? <laughs> I think you went over, so then by the Price is Right, uh, by the Price is Right rules... 
<laughs> yeah. Price is wrong. Close with no cigar. Yeah, indeed. So tell yeah. us, man. Um, <clears throat> what do you think about uh, now? I know that I clarified I for everybody. I know that I said to everybody, listen up, war is bad. You shouldn't do it. Now, do you have a different opinion on that? Go ahead. <laughs> so, I am a peacenik by nature, but yeah, I understand uh, the the importance of self defense. Better than being a beat, uh, Nick. But here's my take. Poor Nick. I, Go I ahead. got I, I got my own take, um, and I can talk about it in ways that make it sound different than what it is. But I'll be yes. I'll be frank. No no riddles or enigmas here. I'll be Steve. Okay, go. Uh, based on the, the little knowledge I have about what's going on over there and what's been going on, um, the yes. only way to actually curb Putin is through sanctions. Because his aims, as much as they are nationalistic, are strictly financial. The ascendancy of the Russian state has totally been reliant on their economic but, prosperity through the expansion of their oil infrastructure. Well, I agree right to that because now, I agree to that because right now, because he's like, he sounds like a guy who needs money. Putin's like, oh man, we got to rob a bank, don't we? This is where Putin's at, I think. So yeah. he's like, he's literally robbing a bank. But here's the problem with the sanctions that I find the problem with the sanctions is that they're like, uh, you crashed a car. You're not allowed to have the Chips Ahoy cookies anymore. Right. Well, I'm not saying that these (laughs) sanctions are going to be enough, but I don't think he's hard up because they're they're making a killing with oil, and they have been as long as they have a relationship. Literally a killing. Oh yeah. Well, they were making a killing without oil. Let's we're talking about. They're murdering. So, like, have you ever seen the picture of Reagan in Russia, circa like 1980 or 81? Like taking a tour. We could go to war. It's like a a Time magazine photo, and in the photo, in the the entourage surrounding him and escorting him is Vladimir Putin, looking not too different than he does right now. So did he have a shirt on? uh, He had like maybe a polo or some. Was he riding a horse with a machine gun? Now I'm talking about the horse like, having the machine gun. The horse is holding a machine gun while he's riding on Vladimir Putin's <laughs> shirtless back. Is how I picture it. Is that, is no, that the horse is probably riding an alligator, and the alligator has a machine gun in its jaws. Yeah, <laughs> we're fighting a shark it's with a bear. <laughs> yes, no, the bear is actually pulling the carriage the horse is riding on with the alligator. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have subjugated the bear. I um, imagine, but. I mean, right my imagination is like, running I, wild right now. Go ahead. The, uh, what's the name of this pipeline deal that they just Germany just canceled? Um, they just canceled it. Was it? Uh, uh, Germany can cancel info, things right? too. Jeez, this cancel culture is going crazy. Oh, yeah. So there's it's a, it's across the Black Street, Black Sea. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. I was reading about this yesterday and. One of the things going on is that they created the Nord Stream pipeline to supply um, fossil fuels to the European states. And Mm. so as a result of that pipeline, they are currently providing, I believe, 33% of the fossil fuels that they use in continental Europe. So Mm -hmm. there's resistance to this because... The more financially dependent Europe becomes on Russia, the more power Putin has. So that he right. can do whatever he wants, because he can just well, cut them off, which he has done. That's the thing, um, Will. That's the thing. They're like, hey, don't go into Ukraine to build your oil pipeline. Yeah, we'll buy your oil. That's fine. Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, Even though so, you should do that, don't do that. But we, yeah, we'll buy your oil. Fine. Okay. But there's more. But wait, so there's more. There's a, so that's the Nord Stream. That's the first pipeline. That's the one that's running. There's a second one. There's Nord Stream 2 that's also running the same route that's already completed, but it hasn't been approved. 
Gotcha. And so if they approve that, he has more fossil fuel that he can send to Europe that they can then consume and then be more reliant. And so there's mm. been a protest against that, and the, the, the leaders have uh, lobbied against allowing Russia to have access to those markets because what are we going to do if he says, I don't like what you're doing, I'm going to turn off the fossil fuels, and now you're without power. Um, yeah. So that's an undercurrent of what's going on. The There is an existing pipeline that uh, goes through the Ukraine or Ukraine. Right. I've been told that we're not supposed to say the Ukraine. And that's the like saying the Canada. Is, um, there is an issue. The People's Republic of Canada. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Russia accused the Ukrainians of stealing fuel from the pipeline and not paying for it. Um, yeah. And so there's been a conflict over that. Uh, so see. on the first hand, like a lot of this, a lot of the leverage that they're going to gain outside of the the nationalistic aim of restoring the Soviet Union to its glory, because he is like we, we had to remember, he is from that generation. He was raised up yes. in that. That's how he ascended you know, politically. So we can't think of him as anything other than he's, he's, a, he's the the inheritor of that that the heir apparent like the Cold War we thought was over no it's still been going on you know and yes. he, he operates like the intelligence agent that he is um yeah. the dopey intelligence if he came who is the same yeah. if he came out of intelligence then he knows the impact and the power of behavioral science oh and yeah instead oh. of us thinking of him as a warmongering general we have to think that anything he's doing there is a residual effect that's going to impact right. the success of his aims um yes. and uh it's it's funny but there's a certain amount of nods that being old grants you that a lot of people who are in their 30s now just aren't privy to because they weren't right. old enough or alive to see it but the reason that the the countries were able to break away from Russia when uh, the Berlin Wall went down that it, it didn't happen immediately after that was just in yep. Germany but you know the Berlin Wall is always the, a ridiculous the, uh, scenario because Reagan remember the, the 80s when Reagan listen I don't remember the 80s it was way before I was born but in in the 80s, Reagan was like this. He stood next to a wall that was toppling. It was falling down. It was at 45 degrees, right? And then Reagan stepped in and said, hey, Gorbachev, tear down that wall. And then, boom, it fell. And everybody's like, yay, Reagan, you brought down the Berlin Wall. All the Republicans right. today who canonize Reagan, who say Reagan was a great president. It's like, no, he was kind of a, a douche. And uh, he took the opportunity to stand for the photo op of the the Berlin Wall falling and being like, hey, knock that down. And there's a lot of people like that in the world where they just kind of step in and they take the credit for something that's already happening, you know? Welcome to corporate America. But yeah, go ahead. Oh, but yeah. The, Ber the Berlin Wall. That was a... That was a but... But, okay. I'm, let's pretend you're older than you are. Do you remember okay. when they had the failed coup to remove Gorbachev from office? I don't remember that, but it sounds like it. It sounds plausible. That is what. That is what destabilized the the USSR to allow these these other states to get independence. Right. It, for for two and a half days, people thought that the then prime minister of the Soviet Union, Mikhail Gorbachev, was dead because they literally came to the capital with tanks and came to get him. But mm -hmm. somehow or another, he escaped. The, the coup attempt and resurfaced yeah. in three days and the coup fell apart. And at right. that point, at that point, the Soviet Union, as we knew it, collapsed. You said you can bring me in so, hot or you can bring me in cold. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> but, uh, but that was several years after the, the Berlin Wall. Um, uh -huh. And so uh, they were going through a lot of economic struggle at that time. Um, and that would be one of the the cases where sanctions I'm doing finger quotes they won the conflict. The They're Cold like, hey, War, because Well Yeah. 
Well, did did they win the Cold War? Is this the long, long, longer game? That's, I would argue it's still <laughs> on. And I'll get a taste and of what it. has happened is... Yeah. Oh, I'm going to say, and every trick and ploy that we could have used to make people work against their own best interests within their own country, mm-hmm. the discord and upheaval Discord. has been applied to us. <laughs> but um, but, well, but uh, and we're experiencing it now with like ladies and gentlemen but if you want to join the discord just subscribe on twitch go ahead good segue um if you look at the amount of people trying to reconcile or justify or ignore what's happening um and not view it as something harrowing and disturbing and yes. not acknowledge that it's been catalyzed and it's been encouraged by the previous administration and a lot of their mm-hmm. maneuvers to destabilize NATO and the UN, regardless of the things that they've done wrong, the one leverage we had in Eastern Europe was the presence of NATO and our alliance with them to, to strengthen that, that institution. And yeah. every attempt was made to try and dissolve it. You don't, uh, which you know, no, I don't know no NATO Jacobs. I don't know no. You know NATO Jacobs. You know you know NATO Jacobs. I don't know no NATO. I don't. You don't know no NATO Jacobs. I don't know no NATO. <laughs> Listen, recipes, <in> Bernie Mac. <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna play that clip. Was that in head of state? That was in head of state. Yes, it was. I don't oh, know. Man. Was... You... Congratulations! You were the first person who has ever in my life <laughs> referenced head of state. <laughs> well, it's a great. It's a great. It's classic. Makes that movie. His press tour. It's classic. Classic. Oh man, Amazing. and then when he goes around slapping people. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. You know that also reminds me of the Chappelle show. Don't drop that cake. <laughs> Don't drop the yellow cake. <laughs> and they're holding uh, the yellow cake. But that's what it all this yeah. all reminds me of hilarious comedy. And you know the secret of comedy, well, what I always say is it's gotta be funny. Go ahead. What's the secret to comedy? It's got it's a benign uh, violation. That's what it is. A benign That's another violation. That's way to put it. But like, yeah. it's either gonna make you laugh or it's gonna make you cry. Comedy makes you cry. Makes you laugh so hard you cry. Am it's right? the same mechanism. It just depends on how the person is primed. Right. So, so instead of having, to take it, it's either a feather or an onion. Okay. Listen, I'm making the show punch. So making it snappy. A meme from yeah. one of my uh, my nephews, and the meme was about to delete my Call of Duty account so the U.S. government don't draft me once they see my skills. That's true. They did that. In fact, they did actually that. They did the last Starfighter plot. The last. The, if you guys, ladies and gentlemen, if you did not see Walt Disney's The Last Starfighter featuring the S word. <laughs> and mentions of Playboy magazines, which is very risque for Disney. Uh, in the 80s, there was a show, there's a movie called The Last Starfighter, and this guy who's just really excellent at this game called Starfighter, and he could play it in the arcade, and all the kids gather around him, and he's like, you're really good at this game, and he actually beats the arcade game, and then not but hours later, an alien comes down from outer space. Now, see, the game is where you're fighting aliens in, in, a, in a starship, an alien comes down from outer space and says, you're so good at this game. You're one of the best at this game in the universe. We need to recruit you because this is basically how you fly our starfighter jets. And you're going to be a great starfighter pilot. It's a great, great story plot for a movie. And it has like a lot of computer generated graphics in it. For the 80s, it was great. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's yeah. literally what the, what the armed forces has done in the United States. They check people's scores. <laughs> and they monitor people on Twitch and how they play. And then they go to their house and knock on their door and they say, hey, do you want to go kill people for real? We've got drones. 
you could fly the drones and kill people for real. That's what they do. Um, and kids are like, they yeah, why not? Their, I think they just took their game offline. There was, there's been more than one state-sponsored video game first-person shooter, but the 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 one they were most closely associated with, I forgot what it was called. I don't know if it was called America's Army or what it was called, but it just. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, <laughs> that was a shout out. They recently, turned, <laughs> they just recently turned it off because um, oh. they probably don't need it anymore. Because there's so many other games that they can just monitor instead. I think there was like an actual legal action against <laughs> the fact that they were doing that. They were like, oh. "You can't do that." Oh. There might have been some kind of legal repercussions or something. Hmm. But yeah, but it's crazy. As far as sanctions, the power of sanctions now. Um, yeah. If you hit now. them in enough places, yeah, financially, right? If monetary gain and status is what they're using as their leverage, mm-hmm. if you cripple that, then you like they're. Here's my opinion. I don't think if they get a foothold in the government and they remove the people who are in power and install people in Ukraine. They're not going to let go of that. That that war is over. They, it's they, not going to be gonna... very. It's not a very beatable war for Ukraine. They're not going to win. It's sad. It's like yeah. a. It's an iron fist versus a net. It's very sad. It's crazy but though. I think. How about that imagery of all of those paratroopers going into Ukraine? All the Russian paratroopers coming out the sky. I haven't watched any of the footage or the news. The only thing I have seen are two images. One image is uh, a family who uh, a, a jet flies over their farm and fires a missile. And the other one is wreckage from what was supposed to be uh, uh, a Russian plane that was shot out of the sky falling. Mm. Um, so those no, no, two things right. that people have posted in Discord bad. that I'm a yeah. member of because I'm just... I've been bad about actually going out and watching the news. I'll read things to stay informed, but like mm-hmm. a long time ago, I, I tried to get myself out of the habit of watching footage of stuff like that because right. I realized it was sensitizing me to the horror of what was being depicted. Well, and that's the like, thing that some stuff it's, you never want to get used to seeing. It's really terrifying. So, yeah. It's it's terrifying. It's crazy because Twitter is the, one of those places where you can see stuff instantaneously. It's the one yeah. true uh, media form of media, even though you could be completely abused at the same time because it's so raw. Uh, but there were some really crazy things I was seeing on Twitter right at as it was happening. Like it'd be posted yeah. five minutes later, and you'd just see things blowing up, and it was crazy. Oof! It's just really, 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 really awful. We cannot, okay. this aggression cannot stand, man. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of nightmares. Mm. Um, based, like, I used to have invasion nightmares when I was a kid. And you can just blame it on Red Dawn. <laughs> yeah. But uh, just this the co- idea of that happening. Red Dawn is a terrifying movie. It was one of the scariest movies I saw as a kid. Red Dawn, the, you know, the Russians invade. The kids have to run into the woods and, and defend the country, and they all get killed. Spoiler alert. They all get killed. We don't win. Yeah. And it's, um, I mean, I guess there's like a little bit of hope at the end where we hear that they're, but whatever. It's, it's, it, it, you well, know, that was the first, I mean, the first movie I saw, that was the first movie I saw where the, I learned that there would be sort of code words on the radio. You know what I mean? Where, like, there's a part of the movie where they're listening to the radio and there's a guy on the radio going, their chair is against the wall. The chair is against the wall. And I was like, what the heck are yeah. they doing? And it's sort of to notify people that something's not right. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. But it has a samurai ending. I wouldn't... Yeah. It's worth acknowledging that. It's, it's got a samurai film's ending. It isn't just they get defeated. It, it's not, it's a pyrrhic victory. It's a victory at too high a cost. Because they do yes. accomplish what they set out to do. Now watch the one with C. Thomas Howell and uh, Patrick Swayze and unfortunately Charlie Sheen, but also Jennifer Grey. Do not watch the one 
with with uh, Chris Hemsworth. Tom Cruise's <laughs> kid. That's with Tom oh, Cruise's okay. kid. <laughs> yeah. Tom Cruise's kid. Siri? Siri? I, I, I forget his oh, name. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, his He's got like 20 kids. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. they got the ones they adopted. Him and uh, Nicole Kidman. Uh, yeah. There's some other like people me? that were not. That kid? <laughs> it, that's the kid I'm talking about, but like it's very loose resemblance. Yeah, <laughs> like just... the key, the key attributes for Cindy Lauper are there. <laughs> right, right, exactly. You know, it's funny because I feel like people um, who are, uh, let's just call them white, they would, uh, they would say, you look just like that guy. And I'd be like, really though? Do yeah. I though? Do I really look just like that guy? I'm not pulling punches. I'm not pulling punches. I'm uh, telling it like it is in my life experience for sure. People are like, brown, curly hair, you look just like him. Okay, that's your criteria. None of my facial features or anything else. Yeah. Yeah, no, you know you know the deal. Ice Um, Cube, Lawrence Fishburne, uh let me keep going. Dennis Robin, Scotty Pippen, Greg Odin. Brian James. <laughs> I was at a party Paul where the, there was a, <laughs> I was at a party where there was this dude and he's black and he's a comedian and this this girl was like, "You look kind of like Tracy Morgan." You and he looked nothing <laughs> like the distinct looking Tracy Morgan. <laughs> it was just yes. I was just shaking my head. I was like, I can't, I don't even know what, and I was like, so I just jumped in and I was like, look at me, I'm Lenny Kravitz, hey, I was trying to distract from this guy being, kind of just shaking his head. Right. So and also, I just Tracy Morgan is up. not a flattering comparison, I don't think, I don't think if you were being compared to Tracy Morgan. I don't Morgan. think anybody's aiming for it, but if that's the best you can do. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know? I got Lawrence Fishburne, I get Lawrence Fishburne all the time. Look, look at me, I look like... just like Lawrence Fishburne. It's like we're twins. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's painful, man. Yeah. <laughs> what was say, oh, this racism is killing me. <laughs> yeah, this racism is, oh, it's killing me inside. <laughs> so here's, here are some of the, the other actors in Red Dawn that, are, for me, like, give it that extra clout because, like, they're not big in this movie, but they're in this movie. Yeah. Powers Booth. Harry Dean Stanton. Ron O'Neill, freaking Superfly. Harry Dean Stanton was great. He was like 900 years old when he died. I think he's no longer with us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think neither of them were with us. Power Booth was pretty recently because I remember he was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, that dude, Powers Booth, man, he's been around forever. He's just been around forever. What a name, Powers what did you call him for sure? Yeah. Pal? Yeah. <laughs> powers booth. I got the powers. Dun, 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 I dun, dun, have dun, dun, dun. the power. Yeah. It's you know, like, it's funny. Man, is that really a thing? <laughs> powers booth. That guy's just a guy. He puts on hats and mustaches and has a career. That's what I'm looking to do. And, and did you say <laughs> Leah Thompson? Leah Thompson you, you is also in Jennifer Grey, but did you? I'm, I've, I neglected Leah Thompson. You never leave out Leah Thompson. You should never leave Thank her out. Thank you I, for saying it and for allowing me not to have to say it for you. Also, nobody puts baby in a corner. I sat next to Leah Thompson at Black Market Cafe on Ventura Boulevard. Actually, Laurie was there too as well. We, we sat next to Leah Thompson and she was there. And that's the end of the story. It doesn't, it, there's nothing more to that story. <laughs> we sat next to her and I was like, that's Leah Thompson. That's the fun thing about LA. Cause you could, you could eat a sandwich and be staring at Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> if you see me, <laughs> if I'm sitting across from you. <laughs> oh boy. You just triggered a painful memory, but not in a bad way. Yeah, it's funny, but it's it's embarrassing for the people. Remember when Sam Jackson was getting interviewed? I can't remember if it was on CNN or not, but they asked him about a commercial he was in, and it was the one that Lawrence Fishburne's in, and Sam got him. He didn't let it go. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. That was a good one. That's a good one. He's like, yeah, we don't. It was just like, oh, you thought it was me? okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a great. That's a great <laughs> moment. Well, it, yeah, he's basically like this. Enough is enough. I have had it with these monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday play. Snakes. Yeah, I do like that. Yeah, I, I you know, oh. I got a story. I've told this before on the show, but I got to work on a Capital One commercial like five or six years ago as a background artist, a background artist. Okay. I'm not just an extra. I'm a background artist. I was, I don't do it anymore. Listen, I'm too good for background work. I'm a principal actor. Uh, (laughs) So I was, but I got to stand right next to the three main, the three leads of that commercial, which were incredible. Samuel L. Jackson, who I mentioned, Charles Barkley and Spike Lee. I got to stand oh, next to these nice. three guys all day and listen to their conversation like a fly on the wall, like this close. I'm because my my cue was I literally the camera comes down and it's like on the back of my head and then I walk past them and then they walk forward and do deliver their lines and then I like walked up these stairs and I looked at it as a day of just do do get my steps in, but then. I was listening to Samuel L. Jackson and it's like exactly how you would imagine it. You've got like the little, you've got the little aloof looking Spike Lee. He's very little. This is part of his whole brand. He's a tiny man and he's just staring into space with his little like stare and his hat and his glasses. And he's just like, mm-hmm, no, uh-uh. he just seems like a little grumpy little man, you know? And then you got Charles Barkley. He was just very happy to be here. He was just so, yeah, let me tell let, let me ask you, Sam, about that movie you were in. I really liked that movie, Deep Blue Sea. You were in that movie, Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> and Sam Jackson was like, when I was in, I can't do a Sam Jackson impression, but he's like, he's like, yeah, I was in that movie. See? And then, the shark came up and killed me in the middle of the speech. So I was standing there and he's like literally describing the movie deep blue sea spoiler alert. Sam Jackson dies in a hilarious way in that movie. It's great. Uh, <laughs> he's like, he's start. He's like rallying the troops and then the shark just eats him in the middle of his speech. It's, it's hilarious. Just comes up out of the water, grabs him. He's gone dead. Uh, but it's so funny because so I sat there for like hours listening to Samuel L. Jackson describe every movie he's in. <laughs> like he, he just loves him. He was feeling himself. He loves himself. Samuel L. Jackson loves every movie he's done and will describe every movie to everybody who's listening. And then, and basically Charles Barkley was eating it up because he's like, yeah, I like that. Tomorrow. When you was in that movie with the other guy, that was really good. I like that. And Sam Jackson was like, yeah, you know, and then I heard this conversation, which was incredible. It was right before the hateful eight premiere, the hateful eight was going to come out and famously, Samuel L. Jackson is in almost every Spike Lee movie. Also, famously, Samuel L. Jackson is in almost every Ooh, Quentin Tarantino movie. Now, the t- <laughs> now, famously, famously, Spike Lee and Quentin Tarantino uh, are at odds. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino often uses the N-word in his scripts many, 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 many times. And uh, mm-hmm. Spike Lee does not like the fact that a white man puts the N-word so much in his scripts and then has black people say the word and all that. So he's got a, like, a legitimate grievance from his point of view. However, Samuel L. Jackson was... I always pause during that part of the song, sorry. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson was... Uh, it's weird, it's instinctual. I hear this song play and I have to stop. I have to do a rest. Um, Samuel L. Jackson was describing was literally trying to negotiate a truce in that moment with Spike Lee. I'm watching Samuel L. Jackson make a truce, try to negotiate a truce between Spike Lee and Quentin Tarantino because he was trying to get Spike Lee to go to the premiere for The Hateful Eight. I'm not even joking. Hand to my ceiling. The, uh, <laughs> Sam Jackson's like, now listen, I want you to come to the premiere and Spike... He's staring at space. No, mm-mm, uh-uh. I'm a little curmudgeon. No, no, thank you. Uh-uh. And then he's like, yeah, but you got to understand. He's like, no, nah, I don't like that he uses the N word. And then he's like, but it's of the time. It's the vernacular. It's how people spoke back then. It's like Sam Hill Jackson's trying to like say he's using it in a way that it was actually used. He's not afraid of it. He's he's going to use it in the movies. He's not going to whitewash history. And then 
Spike Lee was just like, no. And he's like, if I get you, and then he said, he literally said this, if I could get Tarantino to come to Black Klansman, will you come to the Hateful Eight? <laughs> and I was just like thinking to myself, <laughs> I cannot believe I'm watching this right now. I, I don't know if it was Black Klansman or whatever Spike Lee did before. It might have been Black Klansman. So what, what movies did Spike Lee do? Because they both had a premiere. Most um, well received recently. Before yeah. that, uh, all right, I got IMDb up as it is. I'll, yeah. I'll fish it out. I'll tell you though, I was watching this go down, and I was like, just go, thinking to myself, "Oh my god, I cannot believe I'm but, watching this right now." Yeah, you're um, potentially watching a historic moment. <laughs> yeah, historic moment, but it didn't work because you know, a little great grumpy right, Spike Lee so... was like, "No, no, I don't want it." ain't gonna do that no he's like i'm not gonna do that no that's crazy i'm not gonna go to <laughs> he's got that new york accent so the... all right so okay in 2015 he had Chirac mm-hmm. come out okay um, it wasn't that and then mm. between that and black clansman was nothing that any of us would be aware of like there was a movie called Passover that I do not remember at all but it's credited to him in 2018 the same year as Black Klansman um yeah then it must have been looking at it maybe it's even longer ago it might have been Black Klansman I forgot when Hateful Eight came out when the Hateful Eight came out because it was probably it was like three months before Hateful Eight 2015 so yeah it was a few yeah, months. So it, that would have been Chirac. Chirac yeah. was what we had out. Huh. So it's crazy. Or it might have been a documentary that he was in. I don't know. But uh, it was crazy. I was just like, I can't believe I'm privy to this conversation right now. Uh, but I can tell you know all about it now, which is a great story. It's a great Hollywood story that I, <laughs> I've seen some crazy stuff go down here. Tamer than what I expected. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because oh, I could Spike... see Spike issuing death threats. <laughs> Spike was not having it. Spike yeah, his distaste no, uh-uh. for Tarantino is quite palpable. Mm-hmm. And I get it. And it, it's part of, I think, his offense is he has his 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 white characters using it in the, the true derogatory sense of it. The, yes. Like, my own experience is, like, I most of my life I had never had anyone call me that um, as an insult, particularly outside of my race. Um, So I didn't know how I felt like I remember at one point I heard like a a small child say it um, Mm. to try and get a ride out of a special needs kid in my school. They called him that. They wouldn't dare call someone they thought was uh, had their mental faculties about them. Um, And that, that was probably when I was like that's horrible that's it's 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 unconscionable i uh, you know i have had kids in the town i grew up in walk right up to my face and say you are an n-word doesn't feel good (laughs) it doesn't doesn't feel good you go uh you know and then like they'll say because i'm light-skinned they'd be like are you an n-word or a sand (laughs) n-word See, I did, it's sad, but yeah. the first time I heard the second one, it was yeah. somebody black who said it. I never, I didn't know that was a term people used until I was like 22 years old, and somebody said that, and I was like, "What?" Like, and the fact that he was saying it, like, yeah. what the hell is wrong with you that you would adopt that language that's used against you? Yeah. To a little somebody else and it's just like man that racism is powerful <laughs> this racism is killing me inside <laughs> oh that's <laughs> strong stuff man you need to cut that with some water and some ice yeah you need, you need to put some uh, can you put that on the rocks please racism on the rocks I, I find it uh, I find racism horrible and also war is bad we're, we're breaking new ground here you know what else comedy the secret to it has got to be funny um, <laughs> gotta be funny. Oh, racism! It's 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 everywhere. 
But, you know, I feel yeah, like if the darker the skin you got in this world, the worse you have it to the rest of the world. It's just a, there, there's a scapegoat. <clears throat> and yeah, there's a scapegoat for everybody. And when people are like, oh, you know, I mentioned this before on the show, but it's like, the, you know, we should have, a, you know, the, the white folks are like, we needed a white state. The United States needs to be white like it was supposed to be or whatever. It's like, okay, it never was. <laughs> never, ever, ever, ever was. Not once. Not once at all. Maybe in your brain you thought that, but there was like all of the people who were living here who were not white and all of the people who came over at the same time as slaves who were not white. You gotta, you're just gonna erase them from history as part of the building blocks. The unpaid workers, the tortured and killed Short and murdered. Answer and, is yes. Yeah, they are going to the, erase them from history. They're actively right. doing it. It's incredible. It's just like you're literally standing on the shoulders of other humans, literally, pretty much, you know. And like, uh, you you, you got to pretend that you're that tall. <laughs> no. Well, the key facet of racism has always been those people you're standing on aren't people anyway, so right. they don't count. Yeah. Um. The here's a weird twist on this whole Russia thing that I think it. How it relates in a certain way to the whole subject of colonization over here is mm. you have a situation where like legitimately no human has any real claim over any section of the planet it's not ours yeah. we're here no. it, yeah. the bucks have just as much right to this planet as we do there are oh, yeah. more of them and they populate more of the planet but once you decide that you want to assert that authority mm-hmm. then you lay claim and to hell with whoever was there before or whoever comes after anything you can find to designate them as other you do and that becomes the basis for you then taking what you want and being able right. to disregard the, the humanity of the people that you're killing or yeah. oppressing and well so, that's you know I find this to be a universal not a universal thing I think there's a lot of people in this world that are reverse they cannot. They don't understand the idea of um, responsibility or like uh, taking. I don't want to use the word ownership when we're talking about slavery, but th- this is no, there's no pun yeah. there. This is just like uh, right. people don't. They sit there, and I've dealt with humans like this. I've dealt with people like this, and I cannot do it anymore, and I will not do it anymore. I vow not to. But people think in reverse. They say um, if you tell them that they hurt your feelings or that they did something wrong. They go this way. They go the wrong way. They say, um, <clears throat> well, I'm a good person. Therefore, what I did was not wrong. <laughs> so they don't think that I what they're doing is that. right. But they did it. But they will not claim that or that it, would, it was hurtful. They will not own that it is hurtful or that it was wrong to do. Because they're, they, in their mind, start from the inside out and say, well... I like to think of myself as a good person because good is what you're supposed to be. So I'm I'm just going to automatically say that I'm good, and therefore anything I do isn't bad. When it's actually quite the opposite. What you do is who you are <laughs> to the rest of the world anyway. You could think you're a good person. You could think you're uh, the right, doing the right thing. But when you do the wrong thing, that's who you are. <laughs> that's what you is. Yeah. Not taking accountability. Right, we're, we're, Thank you, Judah. But that's the that is the thing. Like you are your actions. You are a culmination. If you want to be held in esteem, do esteemable things. Do good things to be good. Yeah. You don't. You don't just start out. You don't just say I'm good and therefore nothing I do can't be bad. <laughs> it's like you got to own your actions. You got to sit there and say take accountability for what you're doing and how it affects other people. But people can't. There, there are people who just simply cannot do that. And you know, speaking of like colonizers, the people who have taken over the, like just like you said, if you sit there and say, "Well, these the the only way I can um, justify this is by saying, well, they're not fully people anyway. They're, they're three fifths of a man. You know, black people are three fifths of a vote of a human." It's like okay, well then you're just you're just trying to make this right in your head that that's okay. You're trying to justify your actions by 
but you know, I listened to a, a thing today, a speech today, a motivational speech. I get up every day and I listen to motivational speeches because <laughs> I'm trying to get the show off the ground. <sighs> I'm trying to launch it to the stratosphere with Aristotle Full Throttle. Remember to subscribe and buy a t-shirt. Uh, check this out. <laughs> you, you, there are people who say, and I believe this, and I've always believed this. I've said this on the show many times. They're like, uh, people are like, I want to build the tallest bu- building in town. I would like to build the tallest building in town by building the tallest building in town. Other people say, I want to build the tallest building in town by tearing down all of the other buildings. So you got to sit there and do the esteemable thing. You got to do the thing. You got to keep your eye on the prize and you got to outdo yourself and not try to undermine others and say that the reason I'm the tallest in town is because I destroyed everyone else. No, you got to own and you got to become the thing. So it's really, 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 really. Yes, Studio 8H, I have t-shirts. You can buy them down just below on this on the uh, Twitch page. If you go down and click on it, you'll see that there's some shirts available. Yeah. Uh, Jude Dallas says, people need to understand impact is greater than intent. You can cause harm without even realizing it. Yes, yes. That's, that's indeed very true. Like, when someone says, that's, a, that's exactly another way of putting, like, and more elucidating the, the point I was making, which is, you know, you could push a button and kill 20 people, right? If you push a button and you kill 20 people, and you go, well, I didn't mean to. <laughs> well, sure you didn't. But 20 people are dead now because of you. <laughs> so it's like, it's, but you know what I mean? It's like you could be walking down the street. Here's a better example. That might be an extreme example. You could be walk. you can drive an accident, a car accident. You're driving, you run the, through a stop sign, and you hit someone on a bike. Okay? You hit someone on a bike, they break their leg. You can't just say, well, I didn't mean to hit you. You got to own your, take accountability for what you did. You ran the stop sign, you hit somebody. You ought to feel sorry. If you are a human with empathy and remorse, you should feel sorry. (laughs) You should be like, oh my God, that was my fault. I am sorry. But if you just be like, I run a red red light, a stop sign, and I hit somebody, but I didn't mean to do that there uh, because I'm a good person. (laughs) Don't mean anything. Doesn't mean it. Doesn't mean anything. Speaking of which, and segueing into something you mentioned before, yeah. uh, so accountability, right? Yeah. And race relations mm-hmm. and authoritarianism. But you don't have to take my word for it. Threat. Yeah. Go ahead. So something happened yesterday that got little to no attention that I happened to catch in my feed when I was actually going through my little Twitter that is significant for this country. The three officers who witnessed the the murder of George Floyd were found guilty on federal charges of denying his civil rights. Good. Good. Because they were partly responsible for sure. So, but uh, in all of this going on, like, nobody knew. (laughs) Like, it got zero coverage because wow. of and I mean this that that doesn't make any amends for the horror that's going on right now and what yeah. is happening in Ukraine but it just the conspiracy person in my brain is like alright so uh, I'm, I'm going there I'm going to go there and go we may there. pay for this later but okay there is an affinity towards Russia and white supremacy. Yeah, because um, there, there are a lot, lot of, you know, a lot of white people in Russia. I don't know if you've seen the pictures. Oh yeah. I don't know yes. if you've had a white Russian, but there's lots of them. Most <laughs> of them, really. Mm-hmm. This I know to be true. <laughs> um, uh, and, and also, yeah. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Speaking of white Russians, go ahead. I was going to say double dipping there. You didn't have to call your shot. I got it. (laughs) (laughs) That could have been a good trivia question. That's true. You you double dip. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah. So 
if you're a white supremacist out there, and I don't know, we'll have to ask one in the audience if there's one out there who can confirm. Now, if you're a white supremacist out there, call in. We want to talk to you. <laughs> we want to hear what's going through your white but, head. <laughs> or if you're like, if you're the blind white supremacist like Dave Chappelle played in that sketch, which is classic, you can call in too. <laughs> the, the blind racist. <laughs> um, but, uh, he got a divorce. I, I Why did he get a divorce? His... Amazing. Because <laughs> his wife. Amazing. It's a great sketch. Watch it. He's a lover. Yeah. He had jungle fever. <laughs> Spike Lee. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not a um, white supremacist, but, but I can play one on Aerosol TV. Good. Good. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> so, long story short, they had a loss yesterday because the two institutions that we would argue that they are influenced by or have infiltrated yeah, um, and make an argument that there are three institutions, major institutions in this country they've infiltrated, but one is the, the law enforcement and the other, you know, and they aspire towards yes. a totalitarian state that's dominated by the, you know, white elitism that yeah. Russia has manifested. So they, you win some, you lose some kind of a day for them yesterday. Because right. we held law enforcement accountable. Right. Uh, so it's just an interesting juxtaposition in the world of racists. <laughs> Studio um, they, they This channel is an obvious hotbed for white supremacists. Yes, it's the hottest new place, the hottest new club in town for white supremacy is Aristotle Full Throttle. Come on down. We'll talk to you. We'll have. <laughs> let's have a chat. I mean, you, you never know, man. <laughs> There's some sleeper agents out there. I wonder a lot. Like, okay. You know, you got to get to know your enemy. I, you know, recently I was on a date with a lady who happens to be a white lady. And uh, she said the N word, but like the full word. <laughs> she's like, she, but, but, Is her but last she's. Was it Joanne Rogan? But she said that she said it in the. She says, I don't like say the word. And then she said the word. And I saw, thought to myself, check please but also i thought, I thought yes she's like she's like it's not like i say the word n-word <laughs> i was just like what really? was she trying to justify that she had she to just, say that listen some people are just oblivious they're because they don't they're I, I, well i'm flabbergasted i'm at a loss i'm nonplussed i have no <laughs> thing i have no way to describe how what goes through someone's head who says like, listen, I'm not someone who like says that and then the, the, says the word. It sounds like it, an explanation for the other racist things you do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't say that, but you know, every now and then I look at a black kid and I spit at him. <laughs> it seems like that's where that statement was going. The worst part about racism that's killing me inside is that uh, it was when people, I hear, I talk to people who are, um, I don't know if they're, they're not very, very many close friends, but they'll just say, be like, oh, you know, my family, they say all this racist stuff all the time. And I'm always like, well, then what do you say? Right, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, if, exactly. they're just like, oh, you know, well, you know, I just, I'm, I'm just like, oh, you know, I roll my eyes at it. You know, you're like, okay, well, they're going to keep saying it. So, but call me on the carpet because today when I was working in one of the buildings I work at, I heard two teachers talking about students. Now, they didn't say anything about the race of the students, but I do know the racial makeup of the student population in the building and heard them talking about, oh, yeah, he's going to end up in jail or he's going to kill somebody. Oh, wow. And their demographic for the kids that they work with are third through fifth grade. So these kids are eight, nine, and ten. Mm. That's not a good setting them up so, for success right there. Right, yeah. And, <laughs> There's a disconnect because the population that we have versus the people who are teaching them, they're not yeah. the same. Right. And a lot of these people, they like the same group of teachers we're having a discussion about in their community, whether or not they're going to make their kids wear masks with their kids asked not to, which was the conversation. Mm. And then the conditions under which they decide, oh, well, screw the mask. Um, right. We'll let our kids wear them as long as they fit A, B, C, D criteria. It's like, Okay. So I want like hearing that like ugh. that's that's frustrating. That's crazy. It's just so you know, clearly this is the there's like learned helplessness. There's um setting people up for failure. It's all there. I want to circle it's back to the, the 
circle back to the affinity for Russia. And there is that soul, that whole um, contingent of, I would say, MAGA, <laughs> the, like the Fox mm-hmm. News watching audience, who I would also say uh, is uh, low key, if not high key, racist, white supremacist agenda. White supremacist, it, 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 like that whole group. Love in Russia, yes, there is this in complete implicit, yeah, there are a bunch of white folks and we should get on their side as a superpower because, you know, what What do we got? We got China? Do we want China to be the superpower? And it's like, well, it's it's kind of, there's an existential thing going on, I believe, for white Americans who are like, oh, wait, we're going to be the minority in 25 years or whatever, in 50 years, we're going to be the minority in the United States uh, there's so there's a there's an existential threat, and whether legitimate or not, the the reactionary response is to be completely like white supremacist and also, uh, yeah, you know, so so exactly they see like oh well you know Russia's like a whole country of white people. <laughs> I see. I paused again for that part of the song. The whole Russia's a whole country of white people. That's what I wish America was, and, and you know like let's get on their side because it's a bunch of white people and. I think there is something to that. I haven't really formulated what it is, but I'm intuiting that. Yeah. Between that and the, 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 the affinity they have for traditional machismo and uh, hyper masculinity. Uh, Yeah. So they project a lot of that and that appeals to a lot of uh, insecurities that people have. Um, yeah. And then the other yeah. weird thing about that whole thing is like they play both sides of the fence with it because for the longest time we've used the threat of the hyper aggressive Russian archetype as hmm. our our rival, our imminent threat to to get people to side with the same conservative military hawkishness. What, so, what you talk about in the past, Drago. <laughs> like that's uh, the pop Zangief. culture version, but like <laughs> the whole fear of nuclear war because Russians yeah. like stink at it. I hope the Russians love their children too. You know, right? <laughs> Beautiful yeah. song. Um, wow. But like that—that that was the angle, and now they pivoted, and it's contrary to what they stood for. When I say they, mm. I'm talking about are conservatives as they're traditionally known but you know there are different breeds of conservatives out there so we can't throw them all in the same pot i know there's a lot of people who are governing yeah i mean there's different parts of the base brain the base brain i play bass uh there's different part of like the the (laughs) the amygdala the the amygdala that i feel like are active in different part different political parties and like the majority of people I would say, if not all people, are governed by our our most primitive form layer of brain, the amygdala. Like we're governed by that. So there's like the fight or flight, the F or fight or flight response. You know, like uh-huh. it, it's just, and it's just when it comes down to it, we are going to, you know, they've got you got the base brain, the amygdala, and then you got like the middle brain, which is sort of like. It, the go between between the the prefrontal cortex the the higher brain the thinking brain the 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 homo sapien sapien part where we like think about thinking you know like that's the part of the brain that we're we think we are we think we're that person who's like let me reason this out and think about but no no, no. the the thing in the middle the amygdala the part that's the f the fight or for the fff <laughs> Like that part of the brain is like, I want to do these things. Yeah. Fornicate. Yeah. Fornicate, fight or flight. That part of the brain's like, I want to do these things. And then the top layer of the brain's like, let me intellectualize why I should do all of these things. (laughs) You know, this is like, you could sit there and intellectualize it all day, but what's pushing you to do it is that. That center, that central brain, that little central lizard brain of yours, that of ours, of every human beings, is just like, do this now, go eat, and then you're like, maybe I should go to Taco Bell. <laughs> Here's why, <laughs> you know, like, it's just, it's just how it. I wish we, 
I wish we could be just be okay with that thought and then and or at least be aware of it and then pretend I don't know that's what it is I think we just pretend to not be governed by that and then we think we're better than those people because they're like you're governed by that and it's like no everybody sort of is I feel like I could be just painting everybody I could be whitewashing the Russians but they're already white aren't they I would say maybe the whole thing is we have different means of processing those impulses and your resources in life are like process them in ways that are more flattering than they are for some other people. Um, Yeah. Just like, you know, being on a food island where, you know, all right, you have uh, an impulse to eat, you're hungry. Um, Mm. Maybe it's true hunger. Maybe it's just that you're stressed. But you live somewhere where all you have is a couple of gas stations and fast food and you don't have like a Whole Foods or something. Right. So you eat junk. I need Whole Whole Foods, please. Yeah. Or, you know, are you in an agrarian society where everything is fresh and raw anyway? So you don't have to worry about obesity and diabetes as a result. I prefer the Whole Foods hot bar. Thank you. (laughs) Access to everything. Just imagine... We have a cognitive challenge because we could do the right thing if we accepted the extra steps. Or we can flaunt doing the wrong thing as a privilege that we have. There are some people who eat horribly because it's their freedom. And that's how they reconcile in their mind. But it's still a choice. Like, no matter what, even if we, we acquiesce to the circumstances... The, the, the quote-unquote first world problem is we have the choice. We have the impulse, yeah. but we can we can play with that impulse any number of ways. We can do any number of things to affect it. Um, mm. And it I've, to apply it to Putin, it's like, look, if he wants Russia to prosper, like he's done it multiple ways. He's, he's undermined the electoral systems in multiple countries and installed people who will work towards his benefit. He's done it that yeah. way played the markets and used oil speculation to increase the the wealth of the oligarchs in Russia and have them feed that money back into the government so that they could do it even more. He's done it that way. And he's got presented options that, all right, you know what else I could do? You know, I actually can start a land war, Mm -hmm. occupy territory that would be beneficial for me as far as the oil aspect of Russia but also it elevates our status in the world because we just proved like, look, I just whipped it out. I got the biggest one. Nobody else is going to whip it out. Really? Nobody. Okay. Then you're going to have to play the game by my rules. Pay me. That's, that's gonna, what's just happened. I'm going to leave you with this joke. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Palestinian and an Israeli on a plane. They're sitting next to each other. And the, uh, you know, they know one's a Palestinian, one's an Israeli. The Israeli gets up to go to the bathroom. Uh, sorry, the, the Palestinian, yeah, the Israeli guy goes gets up to go to the bathroom. And then the Palestinian t- picks up each one of the Israeli guy's shoes and he spits in it. He spits in the shoe. Spits in each shoe and then he puts them down on the floor. He gets up to go to the bathroom. Israeli comes back. He's got a glass of orange juice there. He's just, he drinks the orange juice. Israeli said, listen, I got you a glass of orange juice, okay? Let's just, let's just be friends, okay? He says that to the Palestinians. The Palestinian guy drinks the whole glass of orange juice. The Israeli guy goes to put his shoes on. <laughs> and he finds that there's spit. In the bottom of his shoes. Each one of his shoes has got a big loogie in it. And he stucks his feet and he's like, oh, come on. You know, when is this going to end? When are we going to stop fighting? When are you going to stop spitting in shoes? When will the peeing in the orange juice end? All right. Well, thank you, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen.
one's got layers. <laughs> I don't know if I told it right because I heard it when I was very young, but uh, I'll learn it better next time. <laughs> when will the spitting in the shoes? End? When will the peeing in the orange juice end? This is what the, this is the ultimate question. When will the peeing in the orange juice end, ladies and gentlemen? Never, never. I don't know. Maybe. Hopefully. I think that, you know, all this talk about uh, the lizard brain and the amygdala and all that stuff, I'm like, you know what? Humans do tons of things that are against our nature. We do tons of things that are against our nature. We can reason. Yeah, we can reason out of our animalistic tendencies or what we claim are animalistic tendencies. We don't even have to reason out of it. Yeah. We can just put it in written documentation and then and alienate it. ourselves from that written documentation exactly and just say well these are the rules because they're the rules we are a, a nation of laws we are governed by the laws that we decide we create society through an agreement <laughs> there's nothing that we're just doing naturally necessarily we agree we figure out ways to agree on things. And I, I got to tell you, I saw the, uh, the Banksy exhibit last weekend, and it was really powerful. It was really powerful because... And then I rewatched the movie um, Exit Through the Gift Shop, which I highly recommend. Exit Through the Gift Shop is a great documentary film about how the uh, acquisition of, of... I mean, there's layers to that movie, but the whole thing about Banksy and the street art is to actually, like, disrupt. It's to subvert. It's to get you to think. It's to it's to paint a picture of your modern world in... in it's, 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 it's like a drop. It's like a splash of reality in the sort of sleep that we all... We, we sleep through walk. We sleepwalk through every day. We just go about our business, but then Banksy drops like a, a thing that makes you like more aware. <laughs> that's, the, that's the beauty of Banksy. He's like, hey, everybody, this is going on right now. And then you got to think about it. And you're like, oh, man, now I'm thinking about it. <laughs> Suddenly I'm thinking about things and how they should be or how they ought to be or how we can change things. And that's the beauty of Banksy. But then there's like that guy, Mr. Brainwash, who just co-opts the aesthetic and sells it for money, which is kind of the whole it's the antithetical, it's the antithesis, the antithesis of everything that Banksy stood for, stands for, and it's kind of genius, and it's uh, in the sense that Cohen it's like, bro. yeah. Anyway, I love y'all. Thank you for hanging out, Studio 8H, and Judy, and Ismael, and Will. Thanks for talking, and everybody who's been here today, Thanks I appreciate you. This is going to be on the podcast. Oh, we'll do two-parter two-parter on Monday so you can download the podcast on Spotify you could check out everything on Aristotle Full Throttle just Google it you click on it like it buy a t-shirt I appreciate it you're wonderful you're fantastic you deserve love everybody deserves to to exist my heart goes out to Ukrainians right now because everyone deserves to live alright bye everybody